welcome to the Evolving Spiritual Practice podcast. My name is Ralph Cree. This is brought to you in association with www.bodyheartmindspirit.co.uk. So I was, I was just going to teach you, there's, there's lots of different types of meditation out there and there's loads of practices that I do, but if I was, if I could only choose one practice to do, this would be the one I'd do uh, because it's kind of the most direct one, but it, it's not a complete practice in itself. Although what you find is in the world of meditation, people have their favorite practice or a particular tradition has its favorite practice and they're like this is the only way to do it everything else is a waste of time just ignore all of that stuff would be my advice find a type of meditation that works for you um, and um, just do that one but I'll, t- I'll teach you this one kind of because it's been the one I've probably done the most of in my life and uh, as I say it's if I had to choose one this would be it So it's, it's, yeah, you know, do, do like stretch it out. You don't, you know, we, we're just going to be talking for it like a little bit. Then we'll do some meditation. We, we might do like, I'll say a few things about it. We might do 10 minutes of it, then a little Q&A and then another 10 minutes and then another little Q&A, something like that. Um, so this meditation has got lots of different names, but basically it's recognizing that you have, everything I'm gonna say is also false, (laughs) which is one of the really tricky things. Is everything I say, almost the opposite is true. So just bear that in mind. When you you get into the world of paradox when you're describing these kind of things. And um, so, you, you have roughly two parts of your mind um, or identity. One which moves around and the other that is completely still and silent all the time without any effort. And that's the, 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 the bit that's always quiet and still. That's the bit I'm going to kind of help you locate inside yourself. Um, we're all really familiar with the busy part, so that's th- our thinking, you know, the like words, images, bits of bits of songs that we heard coming up, um, sensations in our body, and, and and all of those kind of things. But what you notice when you start meditating is that. So a lot of the, most of the time we feel like we're in our thinking, like our thinking self is who we are. And it's a bit like being in a dream. You're just sort of um, just being pushed along certain ways of thinking and you've got thoughts going on and you're just in it. But if you look closely... Um, you'll notice that you, that you are also aware of your thinking. Like you can see your thinking happening, yeah? And, and if you're feeling a sensation arise in your body or an emotion arising, you can, you can feel that happening. 
So if you can also feel it as well as being it, that means you're also kind of outside that feeling or thought. Although you're not exactly outside, if you know what I mean. It's, it feels like you've got some space around that part of yourself. And that part of yourself is, in English, we call that awareness. Uh, it's the best word we got for it. And you know when someone says like, hello, the light's on, is anyone in there? You know, it's, it's that part I'm talking about. Not, not necessarily like, oh, there's lots of thoughts going on, there's sensations, but there's a part of you that's actually registering all of those thoughts, sensations and, and stuff. It's the place from which you see all of these things or you notice them. But this is the tricky part is you can't see your own awareness. So we're so used to uh, dealing with things that we can see or touch or smell. We're using our senses. But this part of us is the kind of the HQ where all the senses feed into. So thinking in, in um, the East, Thinking is a set is, a, is one of the senses. They have six senses, not five senses like us. So they have touching, smelling, tasting, seeing, hearing, and thinking is another sense. So if you think of your thinking as another sense, just like your uh, smelling and all of those kind of things, it's just another thing that happens inside your awareness. Um, so that is one really important thing to remember when we're doing this thing is you're not trying to see something you're just noticing everything that's happening inside you and outside it and outside you um, and in a way when we do this kind of the inside and outside become the same place that the rain is happening inside my awareness now but so are the sensations in my body and the thinking. They're just all happening in the same place. It's not really a set, an inside or outside when you locate yourself in, inside your awareness. And the last thing to say about that helps us locate this part of ourselves is this part of ourselves never changes in our life, ever. Um, so if you remember... And think of a memory from five years ago. Just try and bring up a specific, roughly five years ago, a specific memory. Like actually kind of see yourself in that situation. Has everyone got one? Doesn't have to be an important, just any, see yourself somewhere roughly five years ago. Yeah? Now, there's some, there's some part of you that's the same now as it was then that's looking out at that moment, yeah? Your awareness is the same now as it was then. I'm not talking about your, your thoughts were different, your emotions were different, the sensations in your body were all different, but your awareness is identical now as it was then. And then if you think, think of a childhood memory, if you, if you bring up some kind of specific moment in your childhood, now, everything you're doing in that moment was totally different than it is now. 
but the sense of you being there is exactly the same. And you'd have to take my word for it, you know, it's just experiment with this and we'll notice it more when we do the meditation. That, and I'm not saying anything about what this part of ourselves is. You draw your own conclusions about that. But um, in English, we call that basically naked awareness that's kind of transparent. It doesn't have any qualities to it other than it's just awake. Before I knew anything about meditation, I just, I had that sense and I just called it my observer, mm. like this part of me that observed me in action and the time that I became aware of it strongly was always if I was doing some really intense emotion, if I was extremely angry or extremely upset, I could feel this part of me inside just going... Mm, this is interesting that you're like, like well, not it doesn't think, no, it doesn't but it's just sort of noticing. I feel that yeah. there's this part of me that was not affected by yeah, and and I'll be screaming at that time, and I just had this perception of this part of me behind that was just not at all affected. Yeah, and that's a really good example to bring up because that's a classic moment. Um. And this is just like in meditation. So let's say you're really angry. There's a part of you that's just totally involved with the anger and the rage and the hot feelings in your body and the wanting to get words out and all of that kind of stuff. And you're in it. But also, like Dizzy was saying, there's a part of you that's just sort of like watching it all happen in a kind of slightly detached way. And I'm not saying that the detached part of you is the good bit and the bit that's in the anger is the bad bit. Um, I'm saying they're, they're both absolutely natural and parts of who we are. Um, but w the more you, you hold these two parts of yourself in focus all the time, as well as being really like boiled up inside the anger, you've also got this kind of like spaciousness around it that's... Um, so there's, sp there's space around that, but also um, that part of yourself is not afraid of what's going on. There's no, like your awareness doesn't contract around anything. So your, your, feet, your feet, your emotions and your thinking and your bodily sensations, they tend to contract around things like holding on to things that you want, like that pleasant sensation or this pleasant moment, you kind of, you want to hold it. Whereas this other more expansive part of yourself, which we're calling awareness, we don't really have a very good word for it in English, but um, is always open, completely, is so at home with this moment as it is that there's no impulse to change it. So it, we're basically working with, with, with um, opposites. There's, we're always a pair of opposites in a way, when you think of it in this way. That, um, and you know, the kind of cash value of this for your actual life is that you, you, through repeated practice, you become familiar with the part of yourself which is just absolutely at home with your life as it is. No 
impulse to change it because from that perspective everything in your life is completely perfect whether you're dying of cancer or um, eating an ice cream on the beachfront you know your favorite flavor um, it's quite a it, 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 it really solves that existential problem of like life's too much you know there's there's a part of you which is always at home with what's going on and uh, you don't need to make this part of yourself work it's just it's always effortlessly on so if I clap my hands nobody here made any effort to hear the noise it just happens you're aware you, as awareness um, which another way to describe it is actually where we feel we are when you say oh I was there or I'm here I'm awake it's actually what you're saying is I'm not in my thoughts I'm just here awake and, aw and aware and there's no effort because it's always on always open always wakefulness and I could just keep doing this all day and you could just no effort which is, which is really important because the type of meditation we're doing, going to do, is all about effortlessness. Because quite one, uh, one big mistake people make a lot with meditation is thinking they've got to change their experience in this moment to make it really nice. Um, but that's... You can do types of meditation where you make your experience really, really nice things happen. But um, this is a whole different thing. This is just effortlessly being free. Um, so it's all quite wordy, but the thing is, is that this is the reason why I have to use so many words is it's so simple. That's the crazy thing about it, is, is it's so immediately our direct experience all the time that we take it for granted. Um, and we just don't even think it's important that we have this a part of ourselves which we call in awareness um, and the last thing I say before we, we do this is that awareness is a third person word it's an it word and the, uh, another type of word we use are first person words like I so there was a guy called Ramana Maharshi, who was like a famous Indian meditation guy. He called it the I uh, hyphen I. So this is the, what I'm talking about, the awareness, is the I inside you, like I am, yeah, that's aware of your smaller I. It's like you've got a big I that can see your little I. But you'll never see your big eye, it's the place from which you'd, all the seeing happens. Yeah, it's like a kind of, it's in Buddhism they call it emptiness because you, you, you can't see your awareness, it, yeah? Um, so uh, it's not, awareness is not an it out there that you're trying to see, it's also, it's your I, capital I, yeah. So that. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to we'll do ten minutes. Another word they use 
in the Eastern traditions is this part of you is called the witnessing part of yourself that just witnesses what's arising. Yeah. Um, okay, so what we're going to do, we'll do 10 minutes of just sitting whatever position is comfortable for you, noticing, you're just going to notice your thinking, sounds, sensations, feelings. You're just noticing them happen, stay a while and then they disappear and then something else comes up. Just keep, yeah, just bubbling up like that. And you're not trying to change your experience like, oh, go and make this calm or... Uh, you're, you're, so you'll find suddenly you'll be thinking about something, but you'll, in that moment when you notice that, you just let the thoughts go and just be that spaciousness. And uh, things will come up. Suddenly you'll, you'll, you'll feel like, oh, I've become that sensation. And then you, you're getting out of it again. And it's just moving again. And then suddenly it's like you might feel a bit panicked because you suddenly realise you haven't, bought the uh, peppers for lunch <laughs> and, and you, you become that feeling you become identified with that feeling and then it's just like oh, I just let that go again and you'll just always be in the, that awake space in which things are, are, are coming up okay um, so not, not trying to change our experience we're not trying to be aware, because you already are aware. If you're awake, you're aware. It's just as simple as that. Um, yeah, so you're, you're noticing that that awareness is a fact about your direct experience. You're, it just is, just is the way it is, it's just the way it is. You know, you're not making this happen. So attention, I'm just talking while Dizzy, wherever Dizzy get back. <laughs> attention is something different than this. Attention is where you focus your awareness on something. And that can take a bit of effort so if you were focusing on your breathing, for example, which is a different type of med meditation, you're developing the kind of muscular attention to focus on that. What we're doing is what you might call panoramic awareness. It's not focused. It's just kind of this diffuse feeling. Quite often, I, I haven't got it with me here, but I've got like a crystal ball, you know, a glass ball. That's a really good metaphor for this part of us. Imagine a crystal ball that's conscious, like awake. That's kind of like what this part of us is like. Um, <clears throat> okay, so we just do 10 minutes and, um, and then we'll have a little natter about it afterwards. Okay, so any thoughts? or feedback? I think the words consciously unconscious came to mind because you're trying to sort of free your mind of any thoughts or, yeah, so consciously kind of trying to 
with it, this, yeah, this. Yeah, and you do, the thing is, you don't need to, this part of you is already free. Um, you're not trying to make this part of you free. The, the bit, the parts of ourselves that we try and make free are, we try and free our thinking, we try and free our feelings or free up our body. But our awareness is always free. Um, and one of the one of the really striking things about this part of ourselves, um, in relation to this sense of freedom, is that this part of ourselves only does this present moment. No other time is is in the picture. The past doesn't is just not here. The future is not here. It's only your this part of yourself that we're calling awareness or your big I. In, in, in Hinduism, they call it the, the self with a capital S. Um, yeah, it doesn't do time. That's why Eckhart Tolle calls it the power of now, because there's only now. And it's not to say that there is no such thing as time or a past and a future. That's all true as well. The thing is, like, this is all about being able to hold two perspectives simultaneously. In, inside yourself, it's not like one's true and one's false. I had a moment where um, I was just really, really relaxed, and then my thinking mind went, "Oh, I think you're you're doing it. You're, you're. Mm, and it's then, happening. Like, oh, shit. No, don't do that. No, it's not happening." But, <laughs> uh, but the thing, the thing is, like, but this becomes a reflex. The more yeah. you do this, is like, oh, who is aware of that thing? Yeah. It's like, oh. I'm not, do, I'm not doing this right. What's, oh, oh no, so, yeah, I'm all relaxed. And then it's like, oh, no, I shouldn't be thinking. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's all happening. But then you suddenly realise, oh, hang on, I'm actually aware of this happening. That's not me. That's just thinking. I'm, I'm something bigger than that. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that you're not your thinking. You're, 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 think, you're thinking plus this other part of yourself. You're thinking plus sensations, plus emotions, um, plus smells, plus, 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 plus this massive, expansive, um, transparent part of yourself that's just blended in with this moment, but we just don't notice it because it's so obvious. That's the, yeah. I can't remember exactly what you said at the beginning, something about don't try and sort of free yourself or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I felt that. I was trying to do that without yeah. knowing it. Yeah. So. It's like we, we know, you know when you're about to fall asleep or you're just like dozing on the sofa, that sensation of relaxation that kind of comes over your body and you're just sort of letting go of everything and it feels really nice. We kind of feel like, oh, that's what we want to get into in this meditation. But what's different about what this type of meditation is when you realise you don't have to make special experiences happen to be free, that's the key thing. So, you know, it's like you're free always right now in this moment. Whereas if 
you were only free when you were relaxed. Let's say, um, you know, let's say we were going to have an argument or something. And I was like, with this, recognising this expansive part of ourselves, say when we're having an argument, we know we're already free and we're arguing. Yeah. Whereas I might say, right, okay, just give, like, give me half an hour and then I go down and I lie down and like totally still and I get all relaxed, my breathing, and I, I get into that kind of lush thing and I go, right, now let's argue. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, or, or, or let's say, let's say you, you're um, about to die or something. And that's kind of an important time to tap into your sense of freedom <laughs> if, there, if there ever is a moment. But most like, no, I can't do this. No, I need to relax first. Where's my, yeah. where's my bark, flower remedies and, you know, my warm bath and, you know, oh, God, I need a massage, all that kind of thing. It's tr that's trying to correct your experience and make it nice. And, you know, and the awful thing about life is that, so, like, half of it isn't nice. But the, the opportunity you have is to, be f is to feel your freedom in any moment, no matter how awful or painful the experience is. And, and I think that's the reason why this, for me, this would be like, if I had to choose one type of meditation, this would be the one, because it's all about experiencing your freedom at all the time in your, in your life. I think it's interesting how many times I have to remind myself not to search, like you mm. told us beforehand, yeah. and even in the meditation, and I could still feel myself looking for something, or trying to find a feeling and I kept having to just tell myself again and again and yeah, it's interesting how much we're in our thoughts that yeah. it's a constant reminder. I, I've been doing this every day for years. Uh, I mean, not not this particular practice every single day, but I mean, this 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 particular practice. If you stacked it up, years years and years, you know, hundreds, thousands of hours of doing the same, and I'm still, it happens a lot, and and I think most people who are actually honest about the meditation practice, no matter how long they've been doing it, these things still happen, but you don't worry about it it's it's um i think of it as like i kind of become like a black hole and you know that expression the event horizon there's this kind of horizon where events happen and it's like so i might what was the example you gave keeping searching oh yeah that's it that thing of like of searching for like trying to see this part of ourselves rather than but you are, this is who you are. You, you, you're not going to see that part of yourself. So it's like, a, it's like a bit like a black hole of consciousness where all of this stuff's just kind of like, these events are kind of spewing out of this part of ourselves and they never stop happening. Um, but what changes through practice is when you start doing this practice, every time something comes out of this black hole of, who you are you clutch it or you try and push it away or it or it's like oh there's that there's that oh and that's and 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 it's like but that's happening and that's not what i'm supposed to be looking for and i'm and suddenly i'm so it, 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 but eventually you just you you gain the confidence to just let go of these things and just let them come out of you do their thing and then move off 
um, and and yeah, you, you don't you don't become solely identified with those things and lose yourself in it and lose yourself in that. So searching feels like it feels like you're kind of like scrunching up and trying. It, 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 if I could, we could describe that, then you you'll notice that actually that's something you're aware of again. It, it, you're always kind of going beyond. But what I mean, when I say beyond, I don't mean you're trying to get out of your life. I'm saying that no matter, you, this beyondness that you have is always here. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not, you know, not like out there and like, you know. I quite liked it that, um, so I closed my eyes and so everything visually was blocked out mm. and I could feel things in my body more. Mm. Um, obviously you could hear the birds and hear other things but I was more in tune, more thinking about my body and the feelings, you know, other than being distracted by what you see. Yes, yeah, so some people meditate with their eyes open mm -hmm. and some do it with their eyes closed. I've always preferred doing it with my eyes closed. Um, I've tried doing it with my eyes open. But I, when you shut your, you have different brainwave patterns, which are the, um, you know, the electrical activity of your brain, you know, making these waves like that. And like when you're wide awake like this, you're producing a lot of beta waves. When you, you're daydreaming, so, and you produce alpha waves, which are a bit slower. And then when you're in, uh, sort of dreaming, you, you produce alpha and theta waves. And then in deep sleep, you produce something called delta, which are these very big, slow waves. And when you shut your eyes, you start producing more alpha, just that act, you start producing more alpha waves, which is instantly relaxing. So, um, it, you know, it kind of puts you in a, in a bit more of a relaxed state if you shut your eyes. But there are benefits to having your eyes open because then if you always have to shut your eyes to be relaxed or feel that sense of freedom in yourself, when you open your eyes, which we've got our eyes open 99% of the day, um, you know, then you can have a, it's like, oh, right, I need to be free in this moment. Shut my eyes. <laughs> yeah. If I might, I have an urge to want to always be the best at mm. something that in this type of thing doesn't help at all because there's no winner or loser in in your awareness you know no. there's it's just it just is and so every time I catch myself trying to like <clears throat> as you say you know you, you get this idea that the more that the less thoughts you have mm. that the more awareness you're yeah. experiencing but that's not real either because it's always just there and then yeah so it, it's just it's just the observation really that um that you're never gonna be the winner no of of this type of thing because it doesn't exist no yeah um 
um, so it, one of the ways that this part of us is described in the meditation tradition or literature is this is a part of us that has no ego. Um, nothing wrong with having an ego. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of roughly, we know what we're talking about when we say our ego. You know, it's again, that bit that kind of like clamps around stuff, like I'm going to be the best. But this, this other part of ourselves, which we're calling awareness or the big I, um, has no ego. It has an ego in the sense that it, it actually is not nothing. Awareness isn't nothing. We all kind of know what, when I say awareness, you know what I mean, roughly. Um, it actually is this sense of I am, full stop, I just, I am here. But it doesn't say anything beyond that. Um, which is another reason why recognising this part of yourself uh, beneficially impacts your life because you realise there's a part of yourself which is just not playing the games, the ego games. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with ego games, but, uh, but it's just we're saying we're more than that as well. Um, And also, there's no way for us to compare who's doing it better. We might, uh, 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 you could hook yourself up to an E, is, I got confused, e, EG, isn't it, on the head? Yeah. And we might see, oh, this person's producing more theta waves and that person's producing lots of beta. That would suggest more electrical activity in the brain. Um, but the thing is that this part of ourselves is always silent. And that's a, that's a really important thing, is that we, we're kind of trained to believe that the most important type of meditation is where there's no thinking going on. But again, if we're concerned with being free in the moment, all the time, then it's like, right, I just need to stop thinking before I can be free. You know, it just doesn't work. It's much, it's much more important or valuable to be free all the time, you know, and to recognise that there is this part of ourselves which is totally silent, doesn't, never does thinking. It's, it's, you know, I love this, this phrase from Zen Buddhism, non-thinking mind. So I, I, I've mentioned non-thinking minds to people before. And they've been just like, I've seen on their face, just uh, just this like, rep think, non-thinking mind, what? It, they're so identified with themselves as they're thinking, they'd never even thought that there might be another part of them, their identity that doesn't think. It's like shocking. Um, yeah. Well, it's because you can't, <coughs> you often, you can't even can't think about non-thinking mind because that's just thinking. more thinking yeah. Yeah. yeah but you can notice <coughs> it's it's the, it's the noticing yes hmm. yeah. um and what you know again people want to know what's in it what's in it for us why you know why would we even do why would we even do this what's in what's valuable um and um i can't remember what i was going to say now Oh yeah, but there's, you realise there's a part of who you are that's always let go. 
the whole time, you know, you know, it's like we want to let go in the moment. There's a part of ourselves that's never hung on to anything. It's just always let go. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it's different to the type of meditation, which is another type of meditation that I do. It's a very popular one where you're following your breathing. It's probably the one most people have come across. That is focusing your attention on your breathing. And when you start thinking or you get lost in a sensation or movie in your mind, then you come back to your thinking, back to your thinking, back to your thinking, back to your thinking. It's like practicing your spelling or scales on a guitar. You're just doing scales and scales and scales and scales and scales. You can get into states with that where you're not thinking anymore. Um, but that would be a bit like saying... I want to be a musician who only ever plays scales. You know, you're on stage, 10,000 people watching you. They haven't come to see you go. They come to see you go. You know, playing music. And so this is kind of like playing music meditation, not practicing your scales. Right, so before we'll do one more uh, 10 minute thing and then a few questions and then we'll finish yeah because we've got 20 minutes left sound good yeah all right <laughs> okay here we go yeah it does it does yeah yeah well you know this part of us is not experiencing time ever doesn't do time. <laughs> so how was it that time? Yeah. So, yeah. So I found myself doing it again, and then just, just kept having to just okay, let go of that. Stop trying. Yeah. Stop trying. Yeah. It's like it feels like continuously letting go. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of like feeling quality of it. And what you were saying about zeroing in on oh the scent that I can smell something. I'm thinking of something. I can hear something. That's your awareness turning into attention, focused attention, mm-hmm. and what we're doing is feeling that background panoramic awareness that doesn't clench into anything. But as well as feeling outside or beyond, it is actually in too. Like, so at that time for me, I didn't sleep very well last night and I'm I'm tired, I'm kind of like, I'm, I think I can feel my body and my feelings and my mind are trying to hold it together today. But I let go then and suddenly I was getting like lots of very intense sensations in my body and my 
face was going all twitchy and stuff and it was just like because I'd let go suddenly all those things I was trying to hold together just kind of like worked themselves out did it for a bit and then it was just like a feeling it's like calmness afterwards um so when that was happening I wasn't zeroing in on that sensation that thought that feeling it was all happening at once like just this kind of kaleidoscope of it all taken in in one um <laughs> yeah but also the your awareness is as awareness this is the part of you that's most intimate with your experience like it's really it's not just like outside this is why when you start talking about this because it's this is non-conceptual stuff when you start to make it into words and concepts it comes out all kind of weird and distorted like yeah we're outside of the sensations but we're also right in them too you know if you didn't have awareness you wouldn't experience sensations and feelings and thoughts you'd have no experience at all just be complete blackness. Um. It's interesting what you said about the black hole thing, because like you said as well, how all these little things come into your brain, now you're thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, or how you're going to get home, or like these little things come in, don't they? Or you hear something, or baby cries, and then again you try and bring yourself back in to let it go, let it go. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's just it was interesting, the matrix of yeah hearing things outside but then coming back to yourself again and then feeling that emptiness that on occasion where you just feel that one with it, it, it feels it yeah. feels like it almost like it's flowing out from inside your body yeah. like your body or the center of your body mm. is like a black hole mm. and when i say black hole i don't mean it it's not black no um it's but it's just experience is kind of erupting out of mm. Um, mm. it's an interesting practice I think and the um, yeah I just I, there's one thing I want to say before we finish but um, so. I I think I was trying to I, I keep getting this experience, and, and it's a memory as well of this giant me, the, the, the expanded self, mm. like looking over the, the me yeah. that's in my body. And um, I caught myself try, wondering whether that was my thoughts trying to represent it in like a in a physical way rather than actually a reality of, of this... I am this, but I keep getting this sensation of like, almost like I am this being a God, but a God that doesn't judge, doesn't have any feelings or anything, but it's like this giant that it, it sort of watches over me or something. I don't know how to describe it, but I felt really comfortable in my body. And, and, and again, that's just a, physical sensation but it was it was helping me to want to go deeper you know mm. not stop and I get that feeling I don't want to come out of meditation I want to mm. just 
go further? Yeah, so in... <coughs> this is the part in, in your identity that coincides with infinity. And when you're saying about size, like size is a thought. Yeah. It's a yeah. concept. So this, there's the, this part of yourself has no size, no shape. Yeah. Yeah. So when, you, when we say things like it feels spaciousness and big, that's just a pointer to kind of like it's a signpost saying yeah it's kind of in that direction but when then we sort of in zen they say the finger pointing at the moon so we're trying to get to the moon which is this experience of of ourselves as this transparent uh, awake free freedom so that's the moon and all the words i'm using are kind of are pointing like it's there yeah. it's there in you in you, it's in, in all of us, this is the bit. And the thing is, is that we, that in Zen they say, don't, you, you don't become obsessed with the finger pointing at the moon. You know, look at the moon, that's what you want, not the fingers. And it's like, we keep focusing on the thoughts about it. And, um... and it was interesting because I felt for the first time an awareness of the fact that I was thinking these things yeah. rather than it being... A, a yes. And yeah. interesting. Yeah. So uh, this is what I was going to say. It's like the, we're interested in like what does this actually do for our lives? What's the benefit? So one of the things, just very down to earth, nuts and bolts kind of thing, is it gives you the presence of mind to not always be just reacting out of instinct. So let's say you've got a moment where, let's say. Um, let's say okay let's say um, you okay I'll use an example from my own life uh, as a young man I was very socially anxious I found it very intimidating like talking to people and all that kind of thing and so when I would see somebody and we'd be talking at like a wedding or party or something like that, part of me would just be like, oh, I don't want to be here doing this. And, I, and it was just like this instinctive reaction to like being with people. And I hadn't developed, you know, to this other part of myself, which is non-reactive. So, so I didn't have any freedom in those moments. I'd go to a wedding, I'd be sitting next to someone I don't know very well, and suddenly we're making small talk and I'm like, oh, it's happening again. And, it, and, it's, uh, and I had no freedom. I was just like a kind of robot, you know, just playing out the script. It's like, oh, I don't like doing this. I'm anxious. I don't want to be here. Give me some alcohol, <laughs> basically. And, but whereas, you know, as I got older and got more familiar with this kind of practice, it's like, oh, wow, in this moment, I'm actually present and I can choose. I'm actually free, I've got this, I'm not just my reactive self. So then it was like, okay, I'm, going to, I'm at a wedding, I'm, I'm at the table, I'm sitting next to someone I don't really know very well. Okay, all right, small talk's happening, here we go. Um, and I'm noticing it all happening, and like, well, because I'm noticing it and I'm not just in it, I can actually choose and say, well, maybe I'll just like try doing something different this time. What you know, that could be loads of things. It could be like, 
oh, well, maybe I won't do small talk. I'll say, well, what are you really interested in? <laughs> Let's talk about that, you know, not like whatever. Or, or, or so, I mean, I, you know, there's loads of different things. It's just, just a specific example. But it's, it means that it, you've got the freedom to actually choose what you want to do in your life because you're, you're maintaining a presence of mind. Another word for awareness is presence, just that feeling of presence. And the more presence you have in your life, the less you're just a robot, just acting out. It's like, oh, this is how I do things. It's just the way I do it. Uh, I get that makes me angry every time. You know, that stimulus happens. The same, uh, I'm getting angry. Angry, stimulus, anger, stimulus, anger. But then the more you develop this practice, stimulus happens, you can feel yourself getting angry and then you think, oh, I could do things differently now because you've actually got that, it's like, I'm not just my anger, I'm bigger than that and I'm actually free. So the reason why I bring that is just a specific example of like nuts and bolts, how it makes your life better. Um, I like that. That's a great example. And the other thing about the presence, you were saying about you get in contact with this kind of like bigger, more expansive part that feels comforting. And so if we were to talk about this as a Christian meditation, so there's a type of meditation called centering prayer in Christianity. And the kind of like instruction for that is very along the lines of what we've been doing, but they say consent to the presence and action of God. So in this moment, you, that, this part of ourselves we've been exploring here, so in a Christian context, that's where you and God coincide. So you and God become one being there in that kind of infinity. It's like where the infinity meets your personality. And I'm not, that's, just, that's just the Christian way of talking about it. We've it's been, interesting that was sort of what I was feeling was an, a God feeling but a me it, but yeah it's yeah. interesting saying that Would it, yeah. it, it, you realise that you and God are one yeah. being yeah. Um, and people got burned at stake for saying that <laughs> you know so, <laughs> plenty of people um, but so that's the Christian way of looking at it what the way I've been describing it is a kind of universal where you could plug this into atheism, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism. Um, you know, I personally, I identify kind of as an agnostic. I just, I don't know what the hell's going on in life. I, I, I really don't know anything. Um, but I do this because it works uh, and I feel more expanded and free through, through doing it. I definitely felt different on the second first one I was in these like very superficial thoughts like I was just worrying about the gas and mm. how much solar power and things like mm. that it kept coming up and then on the second time I still had thoughts but it was completely different it was like I was in a I was much less aware of the room and everything else and it was it felt different it was yeah. quite interesting because if you just do one you don't realize sometimes how you're really feeling, all the benefits, 
like exercise too, like you warm up and then yeah. like 10 minutes is quite short and sometimes like I could imagine if you were meditating half an hour, an hour, you'd go through all of that and then you'd sort mm -hmm. of get past it, maybe through, through time, like having more time. What you're describing there is practice. That's what happens with practice. So we did a mini version of like that day's meditation, then the next day's meditation. and We just compressed it into a bit of time. So that's why it's important to practice this stuff because the more you do it, you get better and better. But the really great thing about this type of meditation is that it's also called the sudden path that all you need to know, for some people, this, is, this totally transforms their life forever, in an instant, <coughs> that they'd, they'd always thought they were their thinking mind. That's just all they ever thought they were. They're just this kind of like story going round all the time. And then suddenly to recognise, whoa, I'm also aware of the story too. Changes, for some people, it's very, very rare. But just that recognition, boom, they're just like, it's like their lives are divided into half before that moment and then after. And they're never the same again. Um, and that's like a kind of called a sudden awakening out of your story moment. Um, it's very rare, uh, but it does happen. Um, but the reason why I bring that up is that one of the reasons why this is a really good type of meditation, if, if you're interested in freedom, is you recognise you're always free right now. You always have been and you always will be. Um, but then you need to practice that freedom. Uh, and, and some people think that they've had one of those experiences I was just talking about where their lives are changed. But actually, they're just lazy. And they think, oh, right, I'm free. I don't need to do anything. But they actually, they've kind of tricked themselves into thinking that they are something when they're, you know, they're getting it wrong. So it is important to actually practice these things. Uh, I, I found that since I started meditating, which was when I got pain in my face, it was my pain relief, and then I've just kept it up ever since, in uh, totally differently to Ralph. But, um, I found that I can use it in mini micro moments in the day rather than like actually meditating. It just like if something difficult's happening, I can I can just stop and just take literally a, just a moment to try and come back to I call it like just getting back into the present the mm. present moment and then the, the presence of me rather than all my thoughts and everything. And it really helped me to cope with, as you were saying, anxiety and um, difficult situations. Um, rather than it being something that I, you know, right, I'm having a hard time, I've got to go and spend an hour sitting alone meditating. Um, sometimes that's not possible, but two mm. minutes yeah. is possible and can really help. That's my personal yeah, so there's, there's two different sites of practice out there in the meditation traditions. One is that sort of 
sitting for an hour a day or half an hour a day or whatever. But then the other type of practice is called short moments throughout the day. So it's like you just keep remembering. Uh, and it becomes like an instinct. And they, the, the saying is that short moments repeated many times becomes continuous. So, um, yeah. yeah, it only takes a moment to tap into that part of ourselves. And it, the last thing to say is it's interesting that the, 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 the connection between those two words, the present, the present moment and presence. Mm. Like presence has that kind of like consciousness, aware, awakeness, presence, that feeling of I am present. But then there's the present moment and you're only ever present in the present moment. You know, that's the only moment you experience is the present inside your presence. And we're all present. That... that actually affected my meditation because Zach taught me a song about presence and we talked about it just before we started and it was in my head and I had to like try and fight the song out of my head about <laughs> the, the present presence. song get into now, forget tomorrow yesterday is nothing but a fading dream and then it's one more way, get into now while we're together because now is all I have and I'm with you and that's it, but mm. Like, oh, stop it! Stop. Mm. Present song is stopping me from being in the present. Well, there, there you go. There's another. There's a, there's another. There's another benefit. Is you actually the more you ex- practice this, you actually experience the present moment more vividly. Yeah. You're actually living the present. You're not just thinking about what's about to happen, or you're think, or or you're stuck in some dreadful feeling about something that's happened in the past. You can't change it. Yeah. You know, you're, you're actually experiencing the present moment. That's where you are actually free, is now. Um, so, yeah. I made all the music that I use in my podcasts. If you'd like to hear more of my music please visit SoundCloud and check out my profile, Ralph Cree.